You're listening to 99.1 SHAP Radio, KLCTLP Lubbock, Texas, Lubbock Christian University's student-run station and home of Chaparral and Lady Shap Athletics. Thank you for listening, whether it's live on 99.1 FM, online at shapradio.com, or later on the LCU podcast. I'm Nathan Carcino, and today you are tuned in to another episode of the LCU Coaches Show featuring the head coaches of LCU Tennis. We have Jason Spiegel and Marcelo Mann. Gentlemen, thank you for this uh, Thank you for joining me and welcome to the show. Hey, great to be here, Nathan. Thanks for inviting us. The men's and women's tennis team just wrapped up LCU's first tennis season in NCAA eligibility and the first year having tennis back on campus since the mid 80s. Uh, the men's team finished 11 and 8 overall, 5 and 3 in Lone Star Conference and the women 13 and 10 four and six in Lone Star Conference play. So looking at the regular season as a whole, how would you all assess how the team performed in this first year back? Well, we can start with the men. Um, honestly, going in, neither neither Marcelo nor I had coached or played at the D2 level. So we knew we had some good players, but we didn't know what good with respect to what. Um, and so our guys, in my opinion, we've, overachieved. Um, and I don't mean that as a knock on our guys. Um, but every, almost every match we go into, uh, Marcelo and I, and we're looking at the players from the other team and on paper, they look like they should be better than us. Um, but we've got, uh, we've got guys with a lot of heart and a lot of pride and a lot of spirit. Um, and they go out every match and they fight. And uh, we just outfight teams. And so for our guys in the first year, we clinched fourth place in the Lone Star Conference. Um, we had to win a lot of 4-3 matches to do that. Um, we, we had some teams on the ropes, too, that uh, uh, a point here, a game there, a set here, um, and we're looking at a top three finish. Um, but... Uh, we're, I, I'll speak for myself. I'll let Marcelo speak for, for himself, but I, I couldn't be happier with um, how the guys' season has gone. Now, we've, we've lost some three, four matches, um, and, and as soon as I get a little depressed about that, I, I turn around and think we've won as many or more four, three matches that, uh, you know, all of those matches could have gone the other way. Um, and we're sitting here, we're essentially one win away from making the NCAA tournament. And, uh, to do that in the first year, I don't think that was net. We wanted to achieve that goal. I don't know that it was necessarily, um, you know, expected, um, by us even. Um, but now we're in that position and, uh, Thursday, we want to go get that win, get into the NCAA tournament. You want to add anything to the men's? Yeah, sure. I mean, you covered almost everything, but um, yeah, I have to agree. I mean, coming in, especially coming into the fall uh, with 11, 12 guys and no one knowing each other, um, this was a huge achievement, right? Like we had 11, 12 individuals and um, up until this point, it feels like they're they a are family together. Um, each, each match we play, day-to-day -day practices, uh, they come out as a team and not just as individual players, and I'm, I'm super proud of them. I couldn't be more proud as an assistant coach. Um, I played for years myself, um, but this is something I, I, I've rarely seen, um, that we have 
players that sacrifice themselves and practices and matches, um, especially on the road. Um, we've become a, a big a big family on the men's side, um, which I think, especially in the fall, uh, we were, of course, surprised. Martin Sabamo winning our ITA regional, which was huge, going going to Atlanta, Georgia, and, and, and playing in the ITA Cup. Um, but also in the spring now, um, having each individual play their best tennis uh, probably in their lives and uh, playing for each other, not for themselves. I think that was, that was a, a, a big thing this semester for sure. Now, flashing back to last year, coach is hired and he brings Marcelo to the staff. You're kind of recruiting, building the foundations of this program. And if you're looking back on kind of your mindset, any expectations you might have had, did you ever expect to build a team on, on both sides who have been this successful this early? My goal at this point last year is I wanted to fill a team, right? And I wanted to bring in the best players I could. Um, and I felt like I was um, talking to and recruiting the right level of players. But when 20 people all come together at one time, you you never know what you're going to get. So my goal was... Let's let's fill the locker rooms with players and let's work as hard as we can with those players and we'll see what the season looks like. Um, but uh, I will tell you, this guy's uh, our secret weapon. Um, hands down, national assistant coach of the year. <laughs> this guy works 14 hours a day. Um, you know, and then goes home and does homework for his master's program. And so, um, we certainly wouldn't be where we are. Um, and I would be going crazy, um, without Marcelo and all the, all the stuff that he does. He, uh, he, he kind of reads my mind, um, and has things done before I even, you know, get to them, um, which is nice. Uh, it's nice to have. And so I, you know, I give him a lot of the credit uh, for where we are right now. And I couldn't have hired, made a better hire uh, for assistant coach in year number one. And y'all are new to LCU relatively with the program, but you're not new to each other. As you mentioned, obviously this chemistry is so strong. Both of you alums of Southwestern College in Kansas. So talk a little bit about um, y'all's relationship from the very beginning. Marcelo being a player under Coach Spiegel over there with the Mound Builders and um, eventually being hired as the staff, uh, as an assistant coach there and now here. Yes, and I have to add something. Uh, it was easy for me coming into the fall because the foundation was already laid. Um, so everything that Coach Spiegel said, I, I have to give back because um, he's behind all the work and the success we had. Right? It looks like a surprise uh, right now where we are in the standings and the, in the conference and also what we've achieved in the fall, but um, this has all been him. Um, he came in a year before me when I still finished my, my senior year at Southwestern and he, he worked day-to-day, -day, uh, building building a team, building a vision, uh, which necessarily wasn't easy um, from the start, um, having no players, uh, no previous experience. Uh, 40 years, we didn't have tennis at LCU, so there was no one really he could have contacted uh, that was kind of relatively still in the game. Uh, so I have to give him all the credit. Um, he, said he, he said some really nice words, but uh, that was definitely all him. Uh, I, I had it fairly easy coming into, coming into the fall because uh, the facility was there. Most of the players were already recruited. Um, so it looks like a surprise right now, but definitely, definitely there was a lot of work behind there and, and all of that came from Coach Spiegel. But 
um, for your question, um, I think I, I usually call it a marriage we have. Uh, we've been <laughs> we've been knowing each other for five years now. Uh, I came in as a freshman, I think during his sixth or seventh year at Southwestern, um, and I think we had um, great success over there in my freshman year, and and our relationship I think grew over the years, and especially now. Um, for me, it's a pleasure working for him. Uh, I'm super proud to call myself his assistant coach. Um, like you said, um, I think sometimes I can, he I can read his mind, but he can also read mine, uh, which makes this, this work definitely easier. And um, again, he takes so much off my plate. Um, I can um, focus on the tennis and focus on the, the girls and the boys, uh, which is a lot of fun to me. So definitely a great relationship and, and nothing could have been here without him. And Marcelo and I, I do have to admit, we've each left each other once. Uh, Marcelo tried to transfer out, but he came back to Southwestern. And then his between his junior and senior year, I came to LCU. And so he finished up at Southwestern, uh, you know, without with me being here. And uh, well, I do want to mention that for those that don't know, Nathan chose LCU, but Southwestern was his second choice. So mm -hmm. I was fully expecting him to sign to run track and be a builder as well. But when he decided to come to LCU, I mean, I think that was a done deal for me. I had to come here. And then it was a recruitment dinner <laughs> for my younger brother. Whenever I'm like, hey, you know, actually LCU is getting a tennis program as he's recruiting for Southwestern. But it is a crazy story. And we're very excited to have the great success <laughs> of LCU tennis. But as we look kind of at the support from the athletics department, we've mentioned so many different things that go into building this program besides the players in between the lines. So what has it been like from the support of the LCU athletics and getting the Pinigulo Tennis Center built, the clubhouse and uh, everything else that has built into the program that is today? Yeah, it's been it was a lot of fun getting here and the where the facility is now um was a dirt patch. Like I think it was the intramural softball field, but just kind of driving by it every day and watching it turn from just a patch of dirt into the beautiful Penigallo uh that we have now and we're not done with the facility. Like there's still some things that we need to add like bleachers and lights and um, some shade structures and, and things like that. But uh, it, it's certainly that part for me was a lot of fun. Um, our administration has been great. Um, Scott Larson um, has been amazing um, with his support. And, um, you know, just it, he's he's there when I when I need him um, and to give advice and things like that. And um, Jerry Franklin and, and the Franklin family, um, this, this was his vision and, uh, we wouldn't be sitting here without, without Jerry. Um, the, the vision that he had and the, the willingness to go out and, and he, he pretty much raised every dime, uh, that has gone into building the facility and getting this program started, um, along with his son, Philip and their family, and the Gullos, um, you know, have been very generous to uh, to provide funding um, for a lot of the facility, and and there are fifty or so donors that uh, have all contributed to um, getting the facility built and getting the program up and running. So without it, without those people and without Raymond Richardson and his office, um, faculty, staff, the President McDowell, everyone has been very, very 
um, supportive of tennis and have come out to cheer us on. And um, we hope to have more fans come out next year. And, um, and uh, you know, as this tennis is kind of a curiosity right now at LCU and people want to come out and check it out, but we hope to, you know, build some, you know, season fans that uh, don't miss a match. You mentioned the recruitment process a little bit, just kind of building a team. And so often we see in tennis, the international uh, students traveling into the States to compete at the college level. So um, quite a few international transfers on both your men's and women's teams. How difficult is it to recruit and build those relationships um, internationally compared to how it is recruiting in the United States? And um, you got a lot of successful recruits coming in from the internationals this year. And uh, how do you think they've translated to the game here in, in the NCAA? Yeah, recruiting is just a challenge to begin with. Um, it doesn't really matter where uh, a young man or woman is from. Um, internationally, I get 50 emails a week uh, from tennis players all over the world that, that want um, to come and play um, somewhere in the United States. Um, obviously, it, it's easier you know, if a player is playing down the street where I can go and watch and I can talk to that person in, in person. Um, but with technology, uh, you know, everybody is just a, a WhatsApp video chat away um, from a good conversation and you get a pretty good feel um, for that person on their video. Uh, it is always nice to see somebody play live and in person. You, you, you pick up on more of their character on the court. Um, you, you can see their tendencies, um, and things like that. But, uh, this is a global game tennis is, and, um, uh, there are so many good players and Marcelo included being from Germany. Um, you know, he, uh, came to Kansas, a small town in Kansas, um, which I'm sure was very different than Offenburg, Germany. Um, but, uh, I, I, I really like, um, you know, the, the, the culture and the differences that, uh, our international players bring, um, not, o not only to our team, but also to LCU and to Lubbock. Um, I, I've had the, the pleasure of living in another country for six years, something I would recommend to every American is to pick up and go live somewhere different um, for a while. And it changed, it changed my worldview. I think it would change everyone's worldview. Um, you know, both of my adopted sons are, um, you know, different heritages, one from the Dominican, the other one's half Mexican, half El Salvadorian. And so like, internationally, um, you know, living somewhere else has had a, a huge positive impact on me and my family. And so, uh, reaching out and bringing international players, uh, to LCU, I think is, is overall a benefit to LCU. Um, and I'm going to recruit, I recruit the state of Texas. We recruit the state of Texas. You know, we, we try to talk to all the top players in the state and in the area and in the region. And, you know, frankly, I don't care where somebody's from. Uh, if they're good at tennis and they're a good student and they're a good fit to LCU, um, then I'm going to talk to them. 
and, um, and, and try to bring them into this family. And so, um, that's kind of my recruiting philosophy. Now, the reason it's hard is you've got to be willing to talk to, like, I probably talked to 400 players last year, you know, to get 20. Um, so you got to be willing to, to, to sell a vision, especially when there is no program. Um, you're selling a, this is what I want to build. Um, this is what the school is. Um, this is what we're going to be, but you have to get, uh, players to buy into what you, the vision that you're casting. Um, and now I think it will be a little bit easier because we have records. They can look up our players, UTRs, they can see our facility. Um, but still you're, you're relying on 18 to 21 year olds to kind of believe in you enough as a coach to say, I want to come and be part of what you're building. Um, and so, you know, I heard my, I heard no plenty of times. I think I was on the air with you when I got my first commitment. <laughs> um, and, uh, but, uh, it's recruiting is a constant thing. So just cause the team is here doesn't mean we're, we're done recruiting. I don't, I think if you ever feel like you're done recruiting, then you fall behind. Um, and that's when something, you know, sneaks up on you and surprises you. So, um, that's kind of my long answer to, uh, my recruiting philosophy, but. Marcella, how would you say you have kind of grown into the mentor yourself? I mean, you're so fresh out of your playing career in your own right and being an international student as well. How have you been able to learn how to mentor these kids, especially the ones coming from overseas and get them adapted to the team and and stay focused with what's building here? Well, that's a good question. And there's two sides, right? Um, there, are, there are actually two players on the team that are older than I am. Uh, so coming in, uh, knowing my senior year already, I was, I was a little bit nervous because I knew that uh, this would all be new to me, right? I had the experience as a player. Uh, we did play against several D2s each year, but um, of course I was on a different level. Um, so going into this new environment, the NCAA environment, uh, Division II, uh, was definitely a challenge. And especially knowing that there would be 20 uh, 20 players that would somewhat rely on us. Um, that was definitely tough. And um, it, I think it was a it, it was an experience that we started in the fall and we got better day by day. Uh, and again, it was it was definitely easier with Coach Spiegel there who, ha- who came in with nine years of coaching experience. Um, but also, like you said, I think the playing side helped me a lot because again, I played for four years uh, in college. Uh, we've been through... Uh, good times, bad times. Uh, I know the day-to-day struggles of student athletes and what it takes to be good in the classroom, but also on the court. Um, so I try to establish what I, what, what we set out, what I learned from Coach Spiegel as a player, but also what I wanted to add to the program, which was being good in the classroom because it's a student athlete, right? The student comes first, but also to create a team environment. I think that was what we agreed on before we started in the fall. Uh, what was the most important thing is, is, is building a family, building a team. Uh, because again, 20 individuals coming together, uh, we wanted to first for, form a team and then um, go out and play some good tennis. Um, so I think, again, the experience uh, Coach Spiegel brought helped, but also um, what I've been through as a player um, made, a, made a big difference. 
Now, as we dive into a little more about these two teams, we have the men's team comprised of two freshmen, four sophomores, four juniors, and the lone senior, Martin Zabamu. We mentioned regional champion. On the women's side, seven of the nine players are freshmen, so a little turn of the table. Mm-hmm. One junior, one senior on the women's team to round that one out. Um, who have you been impressed with the most this year who's kind of grown into a leadership role with this program and with it being so new? Uh, who on the men and women's side would you say has impressed you in that category well let me focus a little bit on the on the women's because we did talk about the men but we haven't talked as much about the women's season um and you're right so having two transfers and then the rest freshmen um has been interesting um anastasia krustaleva is our captain um she's our the leader on our team she's been through three years of high-level collegiate tennis. Um, It's been a bit of a struggle for her because she's had a shoulder injury um, that we've all, her and the coaches and the trainers, we've all been trying to figure out how how do we manage it so that she can play some, but we also have had to hold her out from some matches um, and she's even served some as a, like an assistant coach. Like when she's not playing, um, she's a pretty good assistant coach as well. But um, the challenge I think for the women is we're, we're very talented. Um, but for seven of the nine girls on the roster, this is their first time playing college tennis. It's their first time being in college. And um, we've, we've seen ups and downs with that. Um, both on the tennis courts, off the tennis courts. Um, and I, that was to be expected. Um, I think I went into the women's um, season going, we're going to be as good uh, as we are mature um, enough to handle some of the ups and downs. And uh, I mean, we've made the conference tournament. We're, we're seventh going in. Um, but there were three matches that like we had match points on St. Mary's. They were number 14 in the nation and the defending conference champions. We were unable to convert that ended up losing three, four. We had a couple of match points against UT Tyler on, on different courts, unable to convert those. Um, I was on the road, ended up losing that match. Um, and for the most part, we've been very competitive with our opponents. Um, kind of like the men where sometimes it feels like the, the team we're playing is on paper better. Um, we tend to find ourselves in the match with, with at least a path to try to win it. Um, and uh, I mean, I think really the most lopsided match we had was just this last one against Cameron. Um, and then we had a, I call it a bad loss um, here at home where we just kind of, we kind of looked like freshmen that day um, uh, against UTPB. And, but if you, if you take those matches, we maybe could have and should have won, you know, if you turn those into wins, we're looking at third in the conference. So we're close. Um, and, and I fully believe that as the seven seed, um, Midwestern's not terribly excited to play us um, because they, they know we're talented. 
Um, and if we can put it together on one day, we can beat pretty much anybody in the conference. And uh, I mean, we we took the doubles te- we took the doubles point from Cameron, and we had four really close sets. Uh, and they're the conference champions, um, you know. And they ended up beating us six to one, but um, we were there. We had some opportunities, and so if we keep putting ourselves in position, this is going to be a great learning year for all of our players. Um, you know, they're when they become sophomores, there's going to be a lot. It's going to be a very experienced team, um, just because they've all gotten to play so much as freshmen and they've had to play at a high level. Um, and so, you know, our, our leader really is Anastasia, um, you know, but we've had, uh, we've had players step up at, at different times throughout the year, as, even as freshmen, as they've learned, um, you know, how to be collegiate players. And then uh, on the men's team, um, I would say our, our leader is uh, Carlos Gutierrez, um, just in terms of day to day, but really our leader in effort is Kelly Giese. And, and as a freshman, um, he stepped in, played one and two, one doubles. And uh, I mean, he's had a great year. He's 17 and eight on the year. And I think he's, you know, 15 and seven in doubles. And so, um, I, you know, I expect him to get some all conference awards. And as a freshman, that's huge. Like, you know, he's, he's vocal on the court and he's, He's athletic and, um, you know, there's not a player in the conference I don't feel like he can beat. Um, and he's proven that. Like, he, the better the player, the better, the better Kelly plays. And so, um, you know, he's, he's definitely um, probably our on-court leader um, at this point, especially at this point in the year. Um, he's done a great job. With Kelly and Herman also getting a lot of playing time towards the top of your lineup, being freshmen, what is uh, some of those talks like uh, on that men's side and then uh, quite a few freshmen on the women's side? What is that talk like uh, in the locker room before those matches and then even in the offseason getting them ready for um, this type of level in their first year of college tennis? Yeah, we don't talk much about the level. We just talk. I just want them to play hard. Um, and I do have to give a shout out to Herman. I think Marcella would agree with me, but from fall to now, our most improved player is Herman Aguirre. Um, you know, he, he didn't have a spectacular fall, um, but he put work in over the break and he has been tremendous, um, uh, moving up to three and we can consistently count on him, um, to, to be winning matches or at least be in matches against some, there's some really good number three players um, that we've played against and in our league. And so, um, you know, we don't, with the freshmen, especially we don't, we, we don't want them to overthink it. You know, we want them to go out and out hustle and outwork uh, the guy on the other side of the net and, and both Kelly and, uh, and Herman do that. and, and Martin's, he's just better than a lot of players. You know, you, you watch him play and um, you may, you may not, he may not look better than the other guy, but uh, he knows exactly what he's doing and, and his opponent goes where he wants him to go. Um, and sometimes it takes, you know, two or three hours, but he's going to wear that guy down and, and mentally he's just stronger than um, most of the guys he's going to play against. So it's really nice for us to have 
a one, two, and three that we feel like can win on any given day. And we've performed really well in doubles uh, as well. It was a struggle in the fall on the men's side in doubles. But, uh, you know, and I'll, I'm going to credit Marcelo. Like, he works a lot with the guys in doubles. And uh, we we don't win all the matches, but we figure out m- m- the majority of the time how to get that doubles point. And that's important for us, um, you know, because then that takes a little bit of pressure off the singles. So um, those three guys and our doubles play. And then Braden Tipton has really come a long way too in, in singles. Um, and he's probably playing his best tennis right now. Marcelo, when you mentioned um, working with the players in, in practices and in preparation and things like that, what are some of the things you're looking for in those practice moments and then also looking as they translate it onto the court and then while you're roaming during a match, what are some reminders from you um, as kind of almost just coming out of your playing career now transitioning into coaching, what are some of those um, things you are looking for and noticed as of late? Well, I had the, pre- I had the pleasure to actually... Um be a coach at one of the Princeton tennis camps over the summer two years ago, where I learned a lot from their, their head coaches on the men's side. And I tried to implement that very beginning, very start, first day in the fall. Um, one of the things we focus on um, is definitely tennis conditioning on the court, um, because that's a, a huge part, right? There's a playing tennis on one side, but also how can you perform uh, for three sets, four sets sometimes uh, on the same day, two matches on the same day. And I have to get, give credit to the players, both men and women. They work so hard every day. I've never seen a group, rarely seen a group that works that hard. Uh, what we focus on, I think what we first tell them, uh, what, I, what I can add to Coach Spiegel earlier's uh, comment about what we tell them, especially the freshmen, is there's no pressure, right? You know, the last time we had tennis here at LCU was 40 years ago. There's no record we are chasing. Uh, you set the pressure and, and, and you set your effort day to day. Um, so... We do, we do a lot of technical things during practices. Uh, we, we move towards more point play now in the spring, especially since we've been competing every weekend. Uh, we did focus a lot on doubles on the men's side. I think that gained, of, gained us the, the edge over some of the teams we played in conference this year. But again, I think it goes back to a lot of, a lot of the, the effort the guys and, and the girls put in over the week because it's, it's, it's brutal sometimes. We, we practice six days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's little to none rest. Um, and, and we do, we do go all, we do go all out and, and they go all out. So, um, I think that made the big difference. I do want to add something and I'm going to pass this to Marcelo, but, uh, I think we do something as well with our team that I don't know that very many teams do. And that's, we focus weekly on the mental aspect, uh, not only of tennis, but just of life in general. Um, and so, we're reading a book called The Confident Mind, and uh, we go over a chapter kind of every other week. Um, I've learned so much from the book, um, and uh, I'm hoping the players do as well. And uh, like we give them a notebook to keep notes and stuff that they can go back, you know, whether it's at practice where they, you know, we do a drill that really sticks out to them or they're reading the book or, um, but, uh, um, we call it mental Mondays, whereas, I mean, we're doing it tomorrow on Tuesday, but it's still going to be like mental health Mondays or whatever. But uh, I'm going to let Marcelo talk because um, this 
is like he has this degree in psychology um, and he works for a, a company as well called Psychology Fitness. And uh, this is one a passion of his. And so we're, we're implementing it daily um, into our team. Yeah. And we're, we're pushing towards mental health, both on the court and off the court. Um, the first, the very first thing we did, I think, was establish a, a healthy team culture. Uh, and these mental Mondays or tomorrow mental Tuesdays, um, <laughs> I think are a great opportunity because we get both teams together. Uh, sometimes we do it men only, women only. Um, so there's a little bit of a more open space. Uh, and we cover um, a variety of topics, right? It could be mental health in general. Um, it could be academics, but it, it's also a lot about mental toughness, performance, how to set goals, how to set healthy goals, um, how to perform good in the court, uh, facing anxiety. Um, there's, there's a lot out there, a lot of teams that don't focus on that. And then you can see it in the numbers, right? Every, every second, every third person is struggling with, with mental health. And um, there's a tendency in student athletes to not seek for help. We have, a, we have a great counseling center here on campus at LCU. But again, the numbers um, are facts that student athletes don't reach out as much. Um, so we, we try to create, I think, a, an open space for all players and uh, educate them in the best possible way uh, to reach out to people and, and to create boundaries and, and just to know more about mental health because it's such an important topic. And I've been blessed also to be a part, um, as Coach Spiegel said, um, on Sci-Fi, Psychology Fitness. That's a, a company I've interned in two years ago, but uh, been a part of ever since. And they, I, I got a lot of knowledge from them and we've kind of been partnered with them since the fall. And it's just, a, it's just been a blessing um, to help these, these young men and women um, again, more so off the court, just because it's such an important topic and we want them to, to be healthy and, and just give, give back. And then to answer your question, like, <laughs> how does this translate onto the court? Like a lot of the things that we talk about in mental in our mental health sessions on a changeover, we remind them, Hey, like you need to breathe here and have confidence in this next game. Uh, you know, we, the things that we talk about in the group, um, apply directly to our sport and, um, tennis is a mentally challenging sport because when you're playing singles, it's just you, um, you know, and you have to make split second decisions and there's pressure. And, um, and so we try to use all of the things that we talk about in our mental health sessions in matches. Um, and it, it's also ap applicable, um, as much, and it's also important as much as the technical drills that we do, uh, is the mental component of tennis as well. Marcelo mentioned it a, a moment ago, but the chemistry that you've built so early in the semester and in the school year, um, what has it been like to watch from the outside, these players just interact and get to know each other and then become part of the LCU community and the Lubbock community. And, um, as, as they've kind of bonded together as students and as athletes to support other sports and support themselves, what has it been like to see that from this young of a group? Well, I can say for myself, I think the transition was not as easy because sometimes I feel like a player still rather than a coach because <laughs> they're so inviting and welcoming towards us as well. Uh, so I think it's a fluid boundary between coach and player just because it's it's such a fun group. I mean, uh, both boys and girls, um, again, I talked about it, the fun and the enjoyment they bring to practice each day is remarkable. And um, also what the LCU community has given them and us as well was just being as welcoming as they can and creating a, a healthy atmosphere. And um, yeah, overall, just 
I think this is the, the most fun part of about this job and about being a, being the assistant coach is is just kind of even hanging out with them, right? It's it's of course it's practice, it's it's business, and we want to achieve something in tennis. But it's also it's a great group, and again, I I, I couldn't I couldn't ask for a better family. Yeah, I'm gonna second that. Like um, when at this point last year. Um, when you're bringing 20 plus people together, you don't, you don't know if there's going to be team chemistry. You can't make people like each other, support each other, cheer for each other. Um, so from that standpoint, I've been blown away this year by, um, how much fun this team is. Um, our, our guys are really funny because before every match, uh, in in our team room, they're playing like motivational talks and, and really loud, and you know they're getting jacked up, and um, you know, and but then we all joke with one another. Um, road trips are a lot of fun. Um, you know, when it's coming down to a close match, like there's no team that's going to out cheer LCU. Um, you know, the girls cheer for the guys, the guys cheer for the girls. We've had, I don't know, I think we've had four, maybe five kind of walk off wins, you know, and they all run out and tackle the player that just clinched it for us. And, um, that we just, we laugh a lot and I mean, we know we're serious when we know we need to be serious, but, um, you know, there's that, uh, camaraderie and, um, goofy relationship that, and that just makes it, that makes it fun. Like you don't have to, life is serious enough. Um, we don't have to be serious all the time. We, we enjoy having fun with, with one another. And sometimes that's teasing one another and picking on each other and they pick on me and I pick on them and Marcelo and, um, but we just have, we're a family. And we're not always going to be perfect with one another. And sometimes we're, we're going to be mad with somebody, but we're going to work it out and uh, we're going to move forward together. And I think that's the most important thing. Now, as we move forward in the postseason, we just wrapped up the regular season. Both teams are preparing to leave this week for Arlington for the Lone Star Conference Championship Tournament. As we mentioned, the men are the fourth seed taking on Arkansas Fort Smith. Women, the seventh seed taking on Midwestern State. Are there any reminders uh, to the to the team before these matches to kind of lock in any, any extra, or is it just another day in the office and getting ready for um, the rest of the season? That could be, you know, anyone's final match. So what, what we've been trying to tell them. So first of all, for the men, um, we play at eight 30 in the morning. So we've got to be awake um, and we've got to be ready and we can't sleepwalk through doubles um, and into singles. If we do, we, we could be in trouble. Um, the other danger in is that we just beat Arkansas Fort Smith six one um, here at home on Friday and Arkansas Fort Smith uh, is better than they played on Friday um, here in Lubbock. And, uh, I mean, I told the guys before that Arkansas Fort Smith, they were going to travel a long way and they're not used to elevation and they're not used to the wind and they may not play very well here in Lubbock. 
And sure enough, in doubles, like we came out and we won six two, six oh, six one. And then uh, you know, we we won five out of the six singles matches. And I told him after, I said, Hey, that's a good win, but don't think you're gonna do that to them again. Um, because we're gonna be in Arlington, it's gonna be humid, it may not be windy, um, and they're gonna be a little bit uh maybe a little bit embarrassed, a little bit uh upset that they got beat six one. And so I expect a very different Arkansas Fort Smith team. And, uh, but I think our guys will be ready. Um, there hasn't been a match this year where I just felt like we didn't show up, uh, mentally focused and ready. Um, and, and I think our guys too, they want another shot at UT Tyler. Who's the one seed. Um, we played them pretty tight at Tyler just a couple weeks ago. Um, and I think our guys are competitive enough that, uh, they, they're going to want to take out Fort Smith in order to get to Tyler again. Um, on the women's side, uh, against, um, Midwestern, um, the one thing we have to remember is we didn't have our entire lineup when we played Midwestern. Um, we're healthier. Uh, we have all of our top players and, uh, I just kind of want our freshmen to not think about that it's the conference tournament. I just want them to go out and play tennis um, and not think about all of the other stuff. Um, because, I mean, we can realistically beat Midwestern. Um, Dallas Baptist beat Midwestern 4-3, and we beat Dallas Baptist 4-3. And so, like, we didn't play our best. We didn't have our best lineup when we played Midwestern here in, in late March. And so I think we're a better team. I think we're a dangerous team. Um, like I said, it's going to take all of our girls putting it together on the same day. And uh, it, it depends on how they kind of manage the ups and downs of the matches um, as to how we're going to do. But uh, I expect us to be competitive and, um, you know, hopefully we'll have, we'll have four good days and come away with four points and uh, and move on to the next round. And in the most recent South Central Regional rankings, on the men's side, the Shaps were f- placed fourth in the standings uh, with a potential bid to the NCAA tournament. So for the viewers or listeners who may not be familiar with how the uh, regional rankings work, could you explain to us the significance yeah. of that and uh, what that could mean for the rest of the uh, rest of the season? Uh, yeah, so I'm still learning honestly, how the regional rankings work. Um, So for the South Central region, it is essentially the Lone Star Conference. Um, It's more than just the conference record. Um, They take the entire season into consideration. Um, And there's uh, there's a, there are big formulas that go into calculating who should be in the top four. And I'm, I haven't been on a rankings committee, so I don't know what those numbers um, actually look like. Um, one thing I do know is to be eligible, you have to be above 500 against Division II teams. Um, and so the reason I say we need one win is we're sitting at eight and eight. Um, and so if we win, I think we pretty much can uh, can be pretty confident that we're going to be in the in the regional um, and if we lose mathematically I don't I don't think we're eligible um, and so that's uh, another reason that the the second match here against Fort Smith um, is an important one 
And I don't want our guys to focus on that. I mean, I want them to go out and play their best tennis and, you know, not have that in the back of their mind. But um, that's kind of the reality of where we are. Um, and for for those that don't know, it's called the regional, but really it's the NCAA national tournament. Um, and there are, um, I believe there's 16 different regions. Uh, and I could be wrong on that, but, um, the first two rounds are played at regional sites and then the 16 remaining teams qualify for the sweet 16. And that's in Orlando. Like all the top 16 teams that are remaining, um, all go to Orlando to play for the national championship. And so while it's called a regional, it's really the first and second rounds of the NCAA tournament. Um, and to just be like, we had no idea when that regional, like that we were in the regional rankings and under consideration, uh, to qualify for regionals, we were as surprised as anybody when that tweet came out and, uh, you know, the, the guys were all going nuts and, and things like that. And that was, that was awesome. Like we were checking into the hotel in in Dallas, I think it was getting ready to play DBU. Um, and so that's been exciting. It hasn't really been something that has been on our radar, but now that we're here, let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and qualify for regionals and uh, make a little bit more history. And you mentioned history. What would it mean to this program, to this university, and to some of the players to have that much impact and kind of make your name known to get that recognition at the national ranks this early? Yeah, I guess I don't think it, I don't think it, their impact, um, or our impact uh, has anything to do with whether we make regionals or not. Um, I've told them they're history makers all year long. Uh, the first meeting, I, I told them I had goosebumps with all of them sitting here uh, because that seemed like a dream. Um, you know, the, the whole year of recruiting and um, 40 years of not having tennis at Lubbock Christian. Um, their their impact and their legacy is being built day by day, regardless of what the record book shows, regardless of, you know, whether we we go to regionals, um, you know, or how we do in the Lone Star Conference tournament. Obviously, we're all competitors. Um, and so, I mean, I want nothing more for those guys to have that opportunity to compete um, in the national tournament. Um, but if we don't, um, or if we don't get selected, like that's not going to tarnish their legacy, um, in any way they're here, um, doing something brand new and they're, they're paving the way. Um, I think in one of our, uh, recent mental health, uh, talks, um, we talked about like they're they're in front in the darkness, uh, you know, shedding the light that others are going to follow, um, and, and that has more to do with has less to do with what the record book shows and more to do with what what is the reputation of LCU tennis what what is our character look like what do we do on a day-to-day -day basis how do we help other people how successful are we in the classroom um 
And are we providing an example that other teams will want to follow, that will make LCU proud, that will make the alums from 40 years ago um, proud of their history and heritage at LCC back then um, and want to be part of the program that we have now. That's more important to me um, than what the stat sheet says or whether we qualify um, for regionals. Now, that said, it's right in front of us, so let's go do it. Um, and uh, we'll certainly use that as a feather in the cap, um, you know, and uh, it's something that I want now that we're here. Um, but uh, to me, still isn't the most important thing uh, moving forward, but I'll certainly be excited if we get a bid. Before we sign off for the afternoon, uh, both of you can chime in on this, but we have some great tennis to look forward to this week. And then, of course, the rest of history down the line as it's the beginning of a new era in LCU tennis. So for both of you, the rest of this season and beyond, what are the what are you looking forward to most with the group you have now and with the program in general? Well, for me, it's um, how do the men and women show up in the tournament? I think um, I'm super excited to see them in Arlington on Thursday, especially um, some some tired some tired guys in the morning. But um, it's it's like like Coach Pigo said. It's, for me, it's less about the performance and the the scorebook. Of course, I want to win, but it's more how how we represent LCU in the conference tournament because again there are eight other there are seven other teams and uh, I think we want to set an example there and we want we want to set a statue for the the coming years where I believe I think we will qualify for this tournament once again next year but also looking looking to the fall already uh, I call this year this first year my freshman year as a graduate assistant coach <laughs> and um, I think bringing back the experience and bringing back some most of the players um, I think will will help us achieving even more in the coming years. And again, they set a, a great a great standard in character in um, in the classroom and everything else. So moving forward, I think we can expect even greater things from them. Yeah, I think the thing that I'm looking forward to the most it has nothing to do with tennis. Um, I I'm just enjoying building relationships uh, with these men and women. Um, this story kind of sums up our team. Um, so my son and daughter, um, Isaac and Maggie, they go to Lubbock Christian School. And every day during practice, I walk over there and I pick them up from school and they come and like the tennis courts is like their playground. And like, you know, so all the players know them. Um, and they, Isaac and Maggie kind of have their favorite players and um, the players interact with them. But the story I want to tell is, so last week, um, Maggie's third grade class uh, at LCS walked over and um, they sang in chapel. I don't know, maybe you were there. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so I texted, the, I texted the teams that, hey, Maggie's going to be singing in chapel today. And as she's walking in, um, Sabri uh, takes a little video and, and, uh, you know, is kind of encouraging her and things like that. And, um, he sends that in the group, but, um, as they're walking up on stage and they're getting ready, I'm sitting in the front, you know, I'm getting ready to video, you know, trying to do the dad thing. And I hear in the back five or six voices yell, let's go Maggie. And Maggie heard it and she kind of ducked down, you know, she got a little, a little bit shy and then she le- leaned over to 
like she had the biggest grin on her face and she was turning red, but, um, she leaned over to her friend and she said, they said, let's go Maggie. And she knew who that was. She knew it was, you know, some of her buddies from the tennis team, but, um, just the way that we, we try to treat them like family, but they've in turn reciprocated, um, that love for my family and that as a dad, um, and as a husband, you know, that, that, that's it. That's why we do this. That's why we work the long hours, you know? So what I'm looking forward to the most is, is, uh, continuing to develop relationships and, I can't wait to go to some of their weddings and to go to their graduation. And, you know, we'll talk about how much fun we had on such and such trip and who did something silly and, you know, all of those things. And we'll like, I've, I've been to lots of weddings for my players from Southwestern and those are always, uh, amazing times to see them, you know, as they grow and be successful and, um, so that's what I'm looking forward to the most, you know, I want to win tennis matches, but at the end of the day, the important stuff, um, is going to go on well after, uh, the tennis is over. And so, um, we work hard, but we work hard for them and we try to give them opportunities to grow and compete in the sport that they love. And, and we try to glorify Jesus while we're doing it. Any last reminders to the Shap Nation out there? You mentioned hopefully getting a bigger crowd next year and in the years to come, but any last reminders to not only keep up with the team this week, but get interested in tennis a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you coming out. I've seen you out at, at all of our matches when you don't have a track meet going on. Um, but uh, we are going to get some bleachers over the summer, so don't worry next year when you come. Um We'll have places for you to sit, but, uh, you know, I want you to mark your calendars. It's going to be some, some nice weather out at the Penigolo next year. Um, and if you don't understand tennis, we'll teach you like, just come over. We just want to see your face, um, at the tennis courts, um, and pick your favorite player, cheer them on. Um, tennis is really a fun sport. Um, once you get to figure out how to play it, it's something you can play for the rest of your life. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we need Shap nation pulling us on, um, and, uh, yeah, pray for us this Thursday and, uh, hopefully we'll, we'll move it on into Friday into the semifinals. So we appreciate everyone's support around campus and, uh, we definitely want to see you out at the tennis courts. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on today's show and best of luck this week. Thank you for having us. That was head men's and women's tennis coach here at LCU, Jason Spiegel, and assistant coach Marcelo Mann. This Saturday, or excuse me, this Thursday through Saturday, April 20th through 22nd, the teams will head to Arlington to compete in the Lone Star Conference Tennis Championship Tournament. You can catch all the updates on the tournament on lcushaps.com and at LCU Tennis on social media. We will be back on the air next Monday at the same time here on 99.1 FM and shapradio.com. As always, you can catch the show and much more from around LCU on demand on the LCU podcast. This has been the LCU Coaches Show. God bless and good night from Lubbock. Thanks for listening to LCU's podcast. For more content like this, go to lcu.edu.